Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's a daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Rebecca Johnson, and you can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also one of the co-hosts of Supergirl Radio and a contributor to Justice League Universe podcast. All righty. Thank you for wrapping up the week with us. It's been an absolute blast. Well, thank you for letting me come and talk about one of my favorite movies of all time. And you gave me a, a great week of minutes. I got to talk about Lois Lane and Lois's relationship with Clark and Batman and Alfred. And uh, we're going to be talking about one of my other favorite characters in this movie in this minute. Uh, so I, I got to talk about everything I like about this movie. So thank you. Yeah, was that Senator Finch? Well, I do, I do love me some Senator Finch. Uh, but the character that we're going to be talking about in this minute, uh, Lex Luthor, is one of my favorite aspects of this film. Oh, I was going to say it's probably Senator Barrows. That's my other favorite character. I like the guy on the basketball court um, with the beard. It's yeah, the one that <laughs> says, hey, John, get D. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I think he's a point guard, and he's playing some pretty you good. You know, my favorite character is the, is the one girl who looks like Supergirl when she's working in the TV show. She's got almost like one it's a similar outfit or something. She just almost reminds she reminds me of Melissa when she's working at uh at Catco. Catco. I didn't want to be wrong. I you got me. <laughs> um but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um so we're gonna finish up some Alfred and Batman uh minutes or moments right now. Um Episode 30 starts with Alfred saying that the feeling of powerlessness turns good men cruel. And then the minute ends with, yeah, it ends with Alexander Luther II detailing the beginnings of his father's life to two senators. Mm. Why? We'll get to. <laughs> I sh- you should have said we get little baby Lex hitting the deep three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the minute. That's- yeah. That's a more accurate. He must be a good basketball player because he's so smart. He just knew, he knows the angle. He knows the physics. He's mm. like, I never miss. That's, I I, I can't. Never yeah, mind. he's like, right. yeah, I <laughs> agree <laughs> with you. Yeah, I think it's probably uh, Lex Luthor is a little bit of a hustler. I would imagine that he he acts like he, maybe he's not a good bas maybe he's not an athlete, but he he schools people on the court, and maybe maybe that's how he uh, gets some extra money on the side. From his employees, his own employees. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty evil. That that's something a villain would do, I think. That that does sound villainous. Um, do you think the guys over there at Google do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they. It's like so. Like you're saying, like the guys at Google can like play. Hey man, let's have a ping pong tournament. Team. I I don't have any time to play ping pong, so I'm not good. But then you got Steve that like. Grew up playing knows the table tennis. <laughs> yeah. And then he thinks he's, he's like, all right, I'll pay you my whole paycheck if I can beat, what's the CEO of Google? I don't know. If I can beat the CEO of Google, insert name here. Um, and then, you know, they hustle him out. So old table tennis Steve uh, doesn't get a paycheck that week. Sorry, pal. You got to go back <laughs> so and live with your mom. So it's like when they play sports, like when scientists play sports, they're like seeing it in like ones and zeros when they play it. And it's just like, of mathematic equation and then they, then later on they realize that they're actually winning the game because that's all they're doing yeah isn't that crazy that's unfair like you're 
saying that I feel like that's like a parody kind of like storytelling. Like if scientists could beat an NBA team because they're just using physics. I wouldn't put it past them. Anyways. It'd be more of like <laughs> a robot beating an NBA team because of it you would calculate it. And like perfectly because you could set it like at the algorithm and stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Skynet. Skynet. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> relates to Google. <laughs> um, yeah. So Alfred does say the line, you know, the the feeling of powerlessness turns good men cruel. Uh-huh. And um, so basically what he's saying is Batman is being a cool person. Cut that shit out. Um, <laughs> For real. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, you know, it's. Here in this world, in our world, that feeling of powerlessness is really the basis of a lot of people's hate, I would put uh, out there as a theory. Um, you know, look at uh, our Lord and Savior, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's same thing. This is, this You're right. Batman here in this moment is uh, falling down the same path. Because what is it like? He, you know, he can't save his mother. He can't save his, the love of his life, and then you know, he falls down a hole, like Batman did. And yeah, maybe the characters are a lot closer than we think. Maybe it's it's a little bit of a stretch, I would say, a little bit of a stretch. This can, Batman, though, I know. Like I'm saying, like you can relate it to this Batman. Mm. It's there's things there that correlate it, but it's not like hit you in the face. They do get saved later on. I think it. See, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say this. Batman falls down a hole. It's um. No, he did. He's obsession. It's a. It's an obsession. So I wouldn't say that. Like, well, you don't think Anakin Skywalker obsessed about anything? I'm not saying that Anakin Skywalker didn't obsess about anything, but like, Anakin Skywalker obsessed. Uh, oh man! All right, come move, on, man. Move on. Okay, I. I agree Everything with you. that I Alfred agree is saying. That character could have said to Anakin Skywalker, could have been like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And I'm glad someone actually said that to me, unlike any of the Jedi in Star Wars, where they just didn't say anything at all, and they let that happen. Hey man, if you feel it, do it. That's yeah. It. <laughs> so, everyone listen to what Alfred's saying, but apply it to yourself. Don't just think of it as something being said in a movie. So, well, that's very true. Yeah. And And my question is... Is is Bruce the only one who has that feeling of powerlessness? Are there other characters nope. in the film that that could maybe have that same problem? Absolutely, abso positively, lutely. Absolutely, uh, the entire world. Even I mean, that's true. The, most of the, everyone, everyone is angry in this film because that guy, you know, Superman exists. Yeah, they're furious about it. You know, if it happened in this world, people would be angry about it because there's a guy who's challenging your existence. Uh, I think was that a direct quote? I no, think that was a direct but it, quote. I did not mean that to quote. Uh, you didn't mean it, but I think you did. <laughs> I didn't mean to quote uh, that yet. Yet. We'll get there. Um, wow. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, he leaves, you know, he leaves Batman with this, those words and he looks like a kid who's been scalded he literally looks like a kid who's like damn yeah i just got told to sit down and shut up (laughs) that was eat your breakfast and shut up it really was that like hey man cut it out that's good i like i like that um so my biggest thing to end this uh batman bat cave alfred phantasm phantasm 
funnel fairy butter barb <laughs> scene. <laughs> this whole sequence. Um, the music starts to come in because we didn't get music before in, in the previous minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the music starts to come in when Alfred is like starting to explain his feeling of powerlessness. And it's just, I don't know, it just worked. It fit. It's like a creeping It's like an dread. eerie. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it makes it sound like, it's like a like when you watch like older movies and something is like being sinister. Like a Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Scene. Oh, perfect. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has an Alfred Hitchcock feel. Vibes. Vibes. No, that's a superhero. It's. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so are we are we done in the Batcave? I don't know. Are we? Does anyone have any closing thoughts on Alfred and? Batman I, I'm good. I, d- I don't that I said it. mine yeah <laughs> well, well I just like yeah, y'all were talking about how Bruce is being sort of scolded at the end of that scene and Alfred he really gives him the stink eye I mean before he walks away he really he he's he's looking pretty mean at Bruce like he he means it he's not messing yeah. around so um I I like that Alfred is willing to talk him you know talk him through it and he's he's willing to kind of walk alongside of him when he's doing his Batman thing. But when he wants to make his point, I mean, they it, they don't shy away from, I mean, fighting with each other. So I, mm-hmm. I I think that's a that's a real relationship that these these two guys have been through a lot together, and they're not afraid to tell each other what what you know when they need to. Yeah. So uh, I I just I just kind of enjoy that Alfred gives him a little mean stare before he walks away. Yeah, and it's I mean. Alfred does know that he was just lied to, like mm-hmm. right to his face there. So it's mm. like he's a lot smarter. That's why I wrote down. I've, we said it in yesterday's minute, but that that high stakes round quote. Mm-hmm. That's like sarcasm. It's it is. It's like, hey man, all right, my gloves have got to come off now. Like, think they fight like physically? No, they ha- uh, probably probably in the past. Yeah, you think they like box each other and like spar and stuff? Probably in the past they did. Because we see Alfred later on chopping wood, so he's a pretty physically strong person. Yeah. Is that how you gauge physically strong people? If you could chop, hey, if you could if chop you can wood. chop wood in one like fell swoop, like that's cut. very true. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if that's I can that's do. I've never, strong. I've never done that. I've seen people. I've I was hanging out with people in Kentucky that were like doing that, and they don't always get it on the first try. They were chopping, yeah, logs was, for, was for firewood out, specifically. I was hanging out over by Kentucky University. It's the summer. They needed firewood. Or University of Kentucky. I'm sorry. It was not this time I went to Kentucky. It was like oh. two years ago. Okay. But like those guys, they're college students and they, even they were taking, They do it for fun. No, they were doing <laughs> it. We were all drinking beer and one of them was doing, they were taking turns chopping firewood and they weren't getting it on the first strike. So it was like, but then again, there's a movie, but if Alfred's doing it, he's a pretty strong dude. Well, That's, and that, and we'll, if they're we'll, drinking we'll, yeah. beer, I mean, the beer could maybe not give them the, the, the focus so uh, yeah, Alfred he does he does chop that wood. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. He probably every now and then he like pulls out the boxing gloves and he's like, "All right, come on, you little shit!" And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, that's good. I it's like, like that." Like a real fatherly moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I had about good old Batman and Alfred. All right. Um, so now we're gonna change scenes here. Smash cut to uh, the inside of a high school. Excuse no, wait. me? Is that college? Oh, no, this is LexCorp? This is LexCorp. Oh. Are you... Am I doing a bit? Yeah, you're I'm doing, doing a bit. A bit. <laughs> you're trying to tell me 
that a company as big as LexCorp has a basketball court in the entrance. And a bunch of kids are just kind of like... And a bunch of kids. They're all like... Uh, being hooligans? Yeah, they're just... It's like an episode of Degrassi right in your face. I don't even... <laughs> I've never seen Degrassi. I believe you, though. Yeah. This looks a lot like an episode of Degrassi. I think this is an episode of Degrassi. Yeah, and then look, you got two uh, two parents who are uh, getting like... It's the two senators... But they're look how the, old the they are to, Yeah, they're like it's like they're going to like a PTA, a parent-teacher conference or something. But like you got all these youngins. There's Adirondack chairs inside this building, which is unheard of. Yeah, people playing basketball. Uh, kids posted up on the wall. This kid, not working. This guy's asking this girl if she wants to go see the new. Uh, what movies came out during this time? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Do you want to go see that new Civil War movie? <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, you got people playing basketball. So it's like, what do you guys actually work here? What's going on here? You know, they argue that people are working when, you know, they're like sitting out here and like on their phones and stuff. It's like, yeah, they're just, it's creative time. Yeah. Creative time. God, I wish. Yeah. LexCorp is the, uh, fun hip place to work. Everybody seems to be having a good time. They have a, they have a coffee place in there. They've got the basketball. Everybody seems to be chill and and having a good time and and i what i think is really interesting about it is that lex is hanging out with them so i don't know if that's yeah. him like uh you know does he genuinely like to hang out with his employees or is this sort of like his way to have some sort of front in front of the senators like the senators are coming over today i'm gonna look good in front of them like i'm you know being the being the cool boss so i i don't know which one it is but he does seem to like to play basketball so maybe he Maybe he really did want to go have a pickup game. I think... I think it's both. It's both, but also don't just stop at just showing off to the senators. It's it's all of your employees. Lex Jr. here is a man that is playing a game of chess throughout all of his life. So he has to kind of put on the facade of, hey, I'm on the same level as my peers. So he doesn't, you know give in to the fact that he's being a literal puppet master within his company. Yeah. So well, like, you also I mean, have to remember like how, you know, Superman changed everything. So who knows what he was like before that alien showed up, you know? I, well, yeah, but I think he's always been like this. I think he's been the smart enough guy to, to put on the facade day mm-hmm. one because he wants to control everything. Um, so, I mean, this is, it's in the book somewhere where someone was talking about like him conversing with his his you know employees that are under him. It make it breaks that barrier of uh, oh he's like the leader of the company. It you know breaks it down to make it seem like oh he's just like one of us. Mm-hmm. So when he does something within the company, you think that he's doing it for the best intentions and for his employees and whatnot. When really he's probably just doing it to better himself and yeah. doesn't care about him. So it's all just a facade. Yeah, because what else they they talk about the. LexCorp sign in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they don't talk about the LexCorp sign in this, but it's shown. And in the book, they were talking about how um, it was kind of like a sign to show that his father owned the company before. So it's mm-hmm. kind of very, it's a retro looking sign. But uh, some people have argued that it is his way of trophy collecting, yeah. that he now owns his company and not his dad. And so. to humbleize it. So it's supposed to be like, why would you have your dad's sign as a trophy to make it seem like, 
you know what? I looked up to him. Like he was he was a good guy. He I liked what he was doing. So I'm gonna keep his sign. But that's a facade. Exactly. That's in a facade. reality. He's like he's I am the pissed. master now. Yeah, he hates it. Why would yeah. you? Why would you even? Yeah, it's like I'm better than you. I'm better than you have been and ever will be. Yeah. There you go. This is a very complex character. Let's get yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see Mercy Graves show up, um, beautiful as ever. And then behind her is the two senators, Senator Barrows and then Senator Finch. We've already talked about Senator Finch, um, but Senator Barrows is introduced in this one. He's played, he's played by Dennis North. And uh, did you guys have any interesting notes about Barrows? I don't have any interesting notes really? about Barrows. Yeah, go for it. Rebecca, do you have any? I I don't, uh, because uh, anything that I would want to say about him, I think would be spoiling it for future minutes uh, that you all will will cover. Uh, But I I do think that it's interesting that two of them come to see Lex. It's not just Senator Finch. There's there's another one there. So it's sort of, uh, I think, the the way they're used. And I think there's, like, some other guy with them. I don't know who that is, but I think there's a guy that comes along with them who has, like, a briefcase maybe i want to say i saw another guy with them he, at some point he, he does show up uh in that opening scene like yeah but he doesn't show up for the rest of this entire scene no. so stuff that we'll get into next week he will not be there as well yeah so um, i don't but, know who that guy is but i i do think it's interesting because i the two senators seem to be uh, different in, in a different headspace, I guess is how to say it. They have d- two different perspectives on how to deal with Lex Luthor. They, so I think there's a cool uh, contrasting uh, uh, characterization there that happens. Yeah. Um, so Senator Barrows is uh, well. They there's two references to this character. Uh, there's Eddie Barrows, who's who at one point was an artist for Superman comics, and he was a penciler and whatnot. Um, but then even the character Senator Barrows himself was in Action Comics number one. Oh, cool. I didn't, I didn't know oh. that. It's been a while. The very first issue. The very first, really? Yeah, he was in there as well. This is probably things that I should know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I went to you first. All right, well, um, strike two. So, yeah. Uh, when we see Lex Luthor he, uh, playing basketball, he's wearing a uh, Banksy shirt. Did you, uh, did you catch that one? I did catch that one. Um, should I first get this out of the way, that Lex... Well, no. So let, go about the Banksy shirt. We'll do it in, in, in okay. order of what is said. Yeah. So we first see a Banksy shirt and a really sweet three-point shot. Yeah. Which we already <laughs> talked about the three-point shot. We already talked about the three-point shot. Go um, to the Banksy shirt. The monkey shirt is, uh, that art piece is called Monkey Detonator. So there's a lot of monkey pieces that Banksy does. Um, uh, this one, though, people have argued its meaning. And, you know, people have argued that the monkey it's a monkey like uh pressing down on a detonator that goes to like a bunch of bananas the, on a safe the, yeah yeah so i'm trying to explain to the listeners oh, okay. what, what the what the art is um so people have argued that it means recklessness leads to disaster which i guess you could parallel that to superman and maybe lex Luthor thinks that superman's being a little reckless or maybe you could say that about Batman or maybe even Lex Luthor with his plan. Um, but then people have argued the opposite, saying that uh, have fun at every opportunity, no matter the consequences, which you could also do that with Lex Luthor in like the Playing basketball? No, just... Oh. Just, no, like 
do what it's you want. It's Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Make sure you have fun at every opportunity. Go yeah. downstairs and play some basketball. That's what it says on the... They have that printed on the wall as you walk into the office. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm thinking maybe like Lex Luthor is like doing his plan at, and despite the consequences, he does it anyways. I don't necessarily think that Lex sees the consequences of his plan. Exactly. He doesn't. He doesn't know that word consequences. Exactly. So, oh wait. So I don't know if that pertains to his doesn't plan. They say that at some point in this film. Do they say that he doesn't know what consequences is? Oh, he says I don't know how to lose. Yeah, you'll learn. Yeah, which is sorry to spoil <laughs> it, but GD that is one of the best lines that Lex has ever uttered, and with gusto. I'm just going to say all of his lines of dialogue are just fantastic. Yeah. Get very, that out of the uh, way. They wrote in this book that he's a very magnetic character. And I agree because like, every time I watch him, I get like... Yeah, you're drawn right to him. Like yeah. You can't look away. It's everything. I, so, oh, go ahead, Rebecca. I'm sorry. I have a question about the Banksy shirt, though, because I guess I had always just paid attention to the front of the shirt and not the back. So on the back, it mm-hmm. is, like you, you said, it's a, it's a monkey detonating a, a bunch of bananas. And I question that because why would a monkey blow something up that is is something that is typical of monkeys that we, at least I think of, that the monkeys would want the bananas. Monkeys would want to eat the bananas. So I don't know if the, this is like a stretch to say that maybe Lex, uh, if Lex is the monkey in the shirt, that Lex doesn't mind blowing things up or destroying something that is precious to people or precious in the sight of himself even, uh, to get whatever he needs. So I, I think that's really fascinating that, like, it's why why would a monkey blow up the bananas? But I, I guess it goes back to that feeling, you know, that recklessness and, and not caring what, what you do, not caring who you, do, who you destroy. So I think that's actually, now that I think about it, it's, it's very fitting for Lex. Yeah. Going about yeah. that, we do get introduced to Mercy Graves as first in this the minute. So, who is the bananas? Yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. Spoiler, sorry. But yeah, that's yeah, totally right. Good. That's good. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's so many uh, explanations we can have for this. One, it's artwork, so it has multiple. But I think I think we nailed the yeah. allegory. That's a good one. Yeah, I think we um, got it. Good teamwork, guys. High fives all around. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> um, so, we get introduced to... Uh, this is probably repeating ourselves. This is Lex Luthor Jr., um, Alexander Luthor, if you will. Um, That's how you're going to refer to him? I refer to him as either Lex Jr. or Alexander. Uh, I definitely always include the junior. I think you have to. Um, there's a difference because I just don't like calling him straight up Lex Luthor because yeah. he's different and he's... Uh, I mean, there is regular stories. There's stories of Lex Luthor that we know that have been um, portrayed as what Jesse Eisenberger is. But I'm f- the full supporter of that. This series of DC cinematic movies uh, is going to revolve around the um, the Infinite Crisis storyline, mm-hmm. if you yeah. will, and uh, that's when um, uh, Lex Jr. Uh, he was Crisis on Infinite Earths was actually his first story that he was introduced to, and uh, I think that this these movies are a crisis storyline. Um, I see it. So I, I I'm I'm saying that the introduction to Lex Luthor is by far one of the smartest things 
if that is what these movies are going towards. If they're yeah. going towards a crisis storyline, it just makes so much sense that they introduce Lex Jr. in this yeah. and not have him as, you know, Lex Sr. So this Lex Luthor Jr. is played by Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Adventureland, uh, and then he was also in the sequel Zombieland. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, just joke there. Uh, Social Network, and then also uh, Rio. You remember that movie with the birds? Yeah. Are you just starting to say all of his filmography? No, I don't oh. know. I just wrote it down for some reason. He was also in Rio too. They had a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you go check it out. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's great that they also point out in this minute that um, he is not. Your typical Lex Luthor. Because yeah. what he's like, uh, Senator Barrow says, you're the man on the marquee. It's like, yep. uh, I don't believe it. Yeah. So he's saying that it was his father's company. Yeah. Um, and not, and that's not his name on that. Which it seems like that little bit of detail was missed on a good amount of, of audience members where they just saw it as, oh, that's Lex Luthor. He's not bald. I hate it. Yeah. You know, so like, hey, you realize it's a son, right? Yeah. Like it's I, kinda, like I remember like having to tell people like, you know, I just really didn't like Lex Luthor. He just wasn't like what I expected. Like, you know, he's a son, right? You know, yeah. you know anything about his son? No. And I think the more, uh, definitely the, every, every time I watch this film, I get, I, you know, I fall more in love with that character. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Um, and I, I have come to really appreciate this character. He's one of the best characters in this Absolutely. film. But at the time he's very polarizing. He's very striking. So he, I can see why people don't like him at first, mm-hmm. but um, I, I am, you know, this character's cool. People don't like change, Mark. I know, right? <laughs> it's terrible. Get over it. Well, what I, what I think is really funny about that, though, is that, uh, like, if you watch Smallville, the Lex on that show has a complicated relationship with his father. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's somewhat of an abusive relationship. And, and spoiler alert for Smallville, maybe things don't go so well for Lex Luthor's father, Lionel. And maybe Lex is the reason for that. Maybe Lex pushes him out of a window and kills him. And so I think that you know, uh, may, maybe I mean it might happen. You'll have to watch it the show to <laughs> show to find out. Um, but what I think is uh, is really cool about the what about what they did with Lex in this movie is that they pulled from a lot of different versions of Lex Luthor. He's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. He's a lot of uh, personality traits of Lex Luthor in all sorts of the, you know, source material from the comics or the TV shows yeah. or um, any of the other movies. They, they kind of pulled a whole bunch of his characteristics and p- put it into this one version uh, that Jesse played. And uh, one of the things I think it is very specific to Lex Luthor in this minute is the fact that he has... Uh, a yeah, a serious problem with his father, and and what's um, I think uh, important to mention here is that he's he's like talking his father up, like his father was this great guy who had this company, and mm-hmm. and he had suffered all these problems in East Germany, and he you know he had to eat stale crackers, and he makes his father seem really sympathetic, and it almost seems like Lex is proud of where his father came from. At least that's kind of how I take it is that he he's he's proud of what his father accomplished but it I, that you know spoiler alert for some of the minutes on down like that may not be exactly the way his relationship with his father was so i think that that mm-hmm. is a very lex luther type of thing to have to have this really complicated relationship with his father so that's very lex luther to me 
And, yeah. You know, the entire film, we see a character who's not okay with anyone being better than him. Yeah. So he couldn't allow, he couldn't allow his father to be better than him either. So. Yeah. It's all just, it's a, it's a facade. Yeah. Everything is. This is like one of the most complex characters on, on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he says that, that what his dad said, that he named the company after his son. Yeah. Just to, like, win the side of investors and yeah. and whatnot, so... Yeah, even um, even yeah. at an early even at an early age, his his father was using him to to yeah. to mm. get more money. So he was he was even I think maybe abused a little bit uh, even as a child. Yeah, now you're making me think here. Think about what? Yeah, well, just every well, we need to keep track of the the father bits every time because he mentions his dad a lot. So yeah. it's almost like there's some disdain there, and it's I think. There's a, I think it's a compliment sandwich because, like, he says something good about him at this minute, then he says something bad, and then later on in the movie, he's praising him again and other stuff. So, I, there might be some uh, meaning, like, on a psychological level of a, of a tell to Lex Luthor, where it's like, you know, he doesn't fully despise his dad. And there still is some of them that is like wanting approval, but you know, you can't, it's like, yeah, it's like hate filled and jealousy filled or whatever, but then it's probably still, like I said, trying to fight for approval. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's Mm -hmm. just, there's something psychologically wrong with the damaged about him. Damaged. That's a good term. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting note. Uh, this basketball team is co-ed. There are also ladies out there playing basketball. <laughs> Isn't that- it's probably just a pickup game, man. Yeah, but I think it's important that, you know, just saying, man. I think it's important. Anyways. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, then he starts getting in this whole bit about his father growing up in East Germany. So apparently Lex Luthor is German. Is that a thing? Has that always been a thing? Um, That's a good question. I, I don't know. I I'd have to look that yeah, up. I don't. I don't know if I remember ever looking into <laughs> where, where his family lineage is from. Yeah. Well, he says that his father grew up like what, as like some sort of peasant, and he was like forced to march in parades and stuff, and he lived under a very tyrannical setting. Yeah. Is that a word? Tyrannical. tyrannical? Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty cool word. It's, it <laughs> sounds like Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then he says, so I, uh, you know, that his dad went through all that. And so he says, so I think it was Providence that his son, me, um, would end up with this, which we'll get to that next week. It's, it's the second time that he, well, I don't know if this is the second time. Again, he says, you know, his, his son, me, like he made a point to like say mm-hmm. like, hey, it was my dad. And again, like, nope, it's not it was my dad's company. It was my dad's name. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Like what were, were you saying? We're keeping track of all the all the dad talk. Yeah. You da- know. Welcome back to dad talk with Black <laughs> <Sister>. <laughs> Um, So keep a track. This is the second one. I don't know. I just felt it weird that he had that. He had to put like, you know, his son, me, like nobody else. Me. Me. Yeah. That was me. Um, what he says? He says it was Providence, and Providence has like a capital P. It was, what is the significance of Providence? What is what is that? It's a noun. Is that a fate? Yeah, but it's like 
He says, but I think it was so. I think it was Providence is capitalized that his son me. So what is Providence? What is that? Is that like a? Do you not capitalize it, proper nouns? Is it used as a proper noun in this sentence? Is that why? well? I'm what I think the definition of pro- go for it. Well, what I think is really interesting about the use of Providence in this film, in terms of Lex Luthor, is that there's a lot of uh, spiritual connotations that go throughout this film, a lot of Christian imagery. And uh, Providence, when you look it up with a capital P, it means God or nature as providing protective or spiritual care. And Lex Luthor is a character who does not care for God. He, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get there eventually. Um, but, uh-huh. but I think that he, he, I think he hates God. Like he recognizes that God exists, but he hates God. And so I think it's really interesting that in this, he's, he's kind of playing the part of this CEO with these senators. And so part of that is him maybe acting like he is, maybe he has a spiritual side to him when he really doesn't. So I think that's just part of his act talking about providence. Um, so I, I think that's really interesting. It's very, uh, lucifer like to yes kind of be angry at god like that right it's a direct relation to that man (laughs) yeah we'll get there (laughs) there's even a picture to go with it yeah (laughs) um but you're absolutely right rebecca that um providence is like uh what what, it was uh protection what is that whatever isn't that like a quote like oh even the devil believes in god or something like that isn't that a saying? Yeah, even the devil fears God. I think that's what it is. Um, I don't know. It's Sorry. like well, it's like light outshines darkness. So it's one of those kind of things. But I think the use of providence was playing onto the the definition of it being the protector. Um, you know, we're about to see that there's going to be a weapon to fight a god that we're going to see. So that's the protection. So that's the providence. Yeah, it was providence that they found a weapon to fight a yeah. god too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Prometheusness yep. coming out. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's about it for my notes. What about you guys? Yeah, that's we have so much more. No, like, there, there's to so talk much. About. Yeah, there's so much more and so much that I know we're missing. So, that you think we're missing? But man, we could talk for days about this character, and I'm sure people have talked days about this character. So, well, I well, have. You know, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, I, you know, this story that he says about his dad, yeah. you know, gets explained later on, I think. Yeah. Because uh, we're hearing the beginning of it. But, you know, next week, I think we'll close out on why he's even saying that story. So um, why is it even a story that he has to tell? That's what we should be getting into. Like, it's a story that he has to tell. It's not like he can just like sit down and be like, hey, how you doing? How's the election going? Let How's me show everything? you what I found. How's the infrastructure for Metropolis? <laughs> this is cool. All right, you want to know why you're really here? No, it's like, hey, I'm going to put on a show for you. So that when and we I'm get to the end to of it. I'm going to distract you with yeah. what I'm actually doing. Yeah, it's... So we'll get there. He's a sneaky yeah. bastard. How it plays out. Like, <laughs> I, what, there's, a, there's a reason he says that. And I think there's a reason he says everything. Anything. I'm sorry. He's, there's a lot of anecdotes. He's a very yeah. anecdotal character. I think, you know, he says something... It, it, he says it for a reason, so... Um, but yeah, Rebecca, what were you saying? Oh, well, I was just looking up since we talked about uh, his, his uh, ancestry from East Germany. Um, the name Luther is a German name. Uh, so, so that makes sense as to why they, they reference uh, East Germany 
And um, what I thought was really interesting, I, when, when uh, looking at this minute by minute, I, I was trying to find if, if there were any Easter eggs that maybe I had missed before. And there's a door that opens and shuts that they go through in order oh, yeah. to get to the kryptonite. I don't know. Do, do y'all uh, have any thoughts about that? No. What's the... What's the number that's on it? It's like 442, I think? Yeah, it looks like Protocol 442, maybe. And uh, when you look up Action Comics 442, um, there's a there's a little bubble that Superman says, someone in Metropolis, uh, somewhere in Metropolis, a man is being murdered. And there's, there's an image of a, a gunfire that happens. So I think it's very fitting that maybe if that is a nod to Action Comics 442, that... That would be in a, a scene with Lex Luthor and Senator Finch. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Good call. Everything means something in this movie. Or maybe he's maybe it's talking about his dad. And maybe oh. Lex Luthor maybe killed his dad. Maybe so. I like that too. Could hmm. be. I like it. Good call on that one. I didn't notice that one. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find all these numbers. Man, I saw something. Every, on the every li- minute we talk about has a number. There in it. is on the listener society. Uh, one of our listeners pointed out that there was a um, a Bible verse in uh, the uh, on the uh, on during the Wayne um, Joe Chill scene, mm-hmm. and um, like the Bible verse was like something that had to do with bodies laying in the gutter, and like that's like right before the Waynes, and like that's just amazing to me. Like every every number probably means something in this movie, so. You figure out what 442 is, let us know. I dig it. If you can't tell my enthusiasm, <laughs> jumping on out of my seat. Uh, Rebecca, can you tell us about the first time you saw Dawn Justice? The first just one. the first one. Just the just the first one. Um, well, I went to one of the fan screenings that I think, if I, my memory serves me correctly, it was on a Monday. So I think the movie officially came out yes, on. Was on like Wednesday night or Thursday, probably Thursday. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a fan screening that happened on Monday night. And this was before like even like the critics put out their horrible, horrible, unintelligent movie reviews. Um, but uh, so I went to the fan screening and it was awesome. It was, you know, just like you think it would be like everybody who was there was very excited to see the movie. And we all got tickets for that because we had gone to a previous fan screening where they showed the trailer in IMAX. Mm -hmm. So I went to that thinking, well, I want to see this in IMAX, see what it looks like. Even though I I had already seen the trailer a whole bunch of times, I was like, well, maybe I'll get a free poster or something out of it, which I did. And so when, when you, (laughs) when, and when you, when you got there, you got a ticket to see the movie uh when it came out and so uh it was nice to see it early and i i remember coming out of the theater so jazzed because i was always wanting to see the death of superman on the big screen or at least in a live action way that made me feel like it honored the comic book that i fell in love with like the death of superman was yeah the 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 one big story that kind of got me into reading comic books and sort of helped me understand how to read comic books. And so I always have a lot of love for that story. And so I was really excited that someone did it in a big movie and it was beautiful. And it it was, I I felt like it honored the story and I walked out of it. I was so excited when I, when I got home. And then I think it was like either the very next day or that Wednesday, the movie reviews came out and I was like, what did these people watch? So I was really, I was really confused because I thought it was amazing. 
And then the reviews started coming out, and I was like, I have no idea what these people saw because that is not the movie I saw. So yeah. um, I, 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 my first viewing was just great because it was it was people who were there who were really excited about it, and I, I, it was the it was the first time I had learned what injustice was about because the guys who were sitting in my row. When the movie was over, they started talking about the the flat. Well, I don't want to spoil it. There's a scene uh, in this film, which you all will get to, that sort of hints at maybe an injustice tie-in. And so that was mm-hmm. that was something that I was like, oh, what is that about? So I like went home and looked it up, and then I bought the comics and started reading those. And so I, I learned a little bit even after that first viewing. So I had a, I had a really great first experience with this film. And you know that's uh that's one of Zack Snyder's like biggest things is like he wants as he, he said one time in a quote he's like if I can get people uh who watch my films to go and start reading the actual source material that I borrowed from then that's the victory in my book. Yeah. So he said that about Watchmen. So he said once people watch Watchmen it, like it makes them want to go read the original book um then he's th- he's, he's done, done his job. job. Yeah. yeah. So, you know with this film and you going to read all about injustice like that his his work has succeeded that's fantastic for for sure and even uh i think that the in the fan screening he had a video right before the movie came up where he was like hey there's some surprises in here that nobody knows about please don't tell anybody uh you know let them find it out for themselves when they see the movie and so i I really respect that because he he and like christopher nolan i know are two of the directors in in the current day and age who really value the cinematic experience and like going to see a movie and sitting in the movie and and just enjoying the the act of seeing a movie and so i I like those kind of directors who who want to preserve that for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i saw it monday too and i had to like for four days, I had to, like, not tell anything. Yeah. I didn't see it until <laughs> Thursday, yeah. yeah. So, Oh, Tough. man, and I remember, like, not even talking to you. Yeah. Like, I remember being really angry, like, realizing, because I, I think I had to work that day. Yeah, it was a Monday. Yeah. And, like, I think I went to go, I don't know, text you about something. And, like, I remember you didn't text back for a while, and I just remember, like, oh, my God, he's in the movie theater. I can't <laughs> believe it. I was just so mad. I was so quiet on Monday night driving home, and I just kept thinking about the whole. Yeah, uh, I re- yeah, I remember like not being able to talk about it. The the Flash and Bruce Wayne moment was like something that I kept thinking about. I was like, damn, he really showed up in some sort of time portal thing. Well, you just gonna spoil Come everything? Come on, man, you seen the movie? <laughs> well, and and that and that was that was something that nobody knew about, if I recall. Like even with yeah. all the rumors that were sur- surrounding the movie, like I don't. I don't remember knowing anything about the Flash when I went in, so that was a that was a huge surprise. I mean, I remember my jaw literally hit the floor and stuck to it because of all the stickiness. But when that happened, like yeah. that was, I re- that yeah, crazy. Uh, I I would I I felt I would like to say jazzed is a good word to describe. You weren't how, lounged by it. <laughs> you weren't heavy metaled by it. <laughs> no, I was jazz. Gr- I was grunged by it. It's grunged oh. by it. Yeah, I was alternative by it. Uh, think of another outlandish music. I was bluesed by it. Blues. That sounds normal. <laughs> it's very sad. Um, but I think I would. I was. I was jazzed as well. So it's a good word to to describe it as. Um, I've I've always liked uh, this interpretation of the death of Superman. I've never understood why people didn't like it because I feel like if you're gonna do it, you gotta surprise people with it. Otherwise, yeah. 
why have a movie that's called that and then people are gonna what you're gonna be surprised when I actually I'm just have gonna have the call call the movie hey did you go see the death of superman it's no like, what happens in that movie it's like <laughs> yeah you, you want to surprise people and yeah. i think that's the best way to do it also you can't have a whole movie about doomsday like yeah what's he gonna do you just punch saying? each other all, yeah. all movie every three yeah, hours of movie. punching it's yeah like, come on man that's how the comic book was yeah so why do people like that book you got me, man. Because people don't like change. People don't like to think. There, sure. Okay. Uh, so, Rebecca, if this isn't your favorite meeting of Batman and Superman uh, kind of origin, what book or film is? Uh, well, I would say that it is probably my favorite um, just because they, they took a lot of uh, things that I love about uh, different stories and kind of combined it into one thing and, and told a really, really uh, wonderful story, I thought. Um, but if I was going to recommend some other things, um, I, I think that the Superman the Animated Series crossover with uh, Batman the Animated Series called World's Finest is a good uh, introductory, like if you want to show something to some children uh, or just people who like animation. I actually, you know, I'm a grown adult who likes animation. Um, but I think that that's a, a good... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that that's a good crossover because not only do you get Batman and Superman, you get Lex Luthor and the Joker are in it. And there's a little love story with Bruce and Lois, which is a little different. I don't know how I feel about it, but um, it's it's a cool, cool way to see Lo- what Lois would do if... Spoiler alert: She might find out somebody's identity, uh, but I, I think yes. that's a that's a good uh, animated crossover to check out if you're interested. And um, it, this isn't I don't think their introduction story like it's I don't think it's an origin story of their meeting, um, but there's a, a great interaction of Superman and Batman in Batman Hush, and, and they also yeah. they also fight in that uh, story. So if you are uh, into Batman v Superman because of the showdown between the two of them. Um, there's a really great uh, fight sequence in Batman Hush, and there's there's a really heartwarming ending to I think uh, Volume One. I have the two two volumes in uh, trade paperback form, and uh, there's mm-hmm. a great interaction with the two of them, you know, talking as friends, and I I, I really enjoy that a lot. What is that? The uh, always the detective, ever the Boy Scout. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I think so. I th- that's that's from that book, right? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Boom. That's another it's another uh, phone quote that I have. Yeah, and just what is there's the uh, in Injustice when like before everything happens and Bruce and or I'm sorry, Batman and Superman have like because Superman's gonna tell Batman that Lois is pregnant and they kinda have like this Oh in Injustice? Yeah, remember yeah. that? Like when they were back when they were friends. Yeah. And even in Injustice too, at the end of the story when he's like uh, like they miss who they used to be, both yeah. of them yeah, and then they fight yeah. each other. It's yeah. very heartbreaking. It's Man, that's a good story. Did you finish reading the Injustice books? I haven't given them to you. Yeah, I'm giving it to me. Um, Damn, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I lost my train of thought, but Nate, did you have anything else you wanted to wrap up the week with? No, this was a really, really incredible week. Uh, Rebecca, thank you for joining us. Like, we've said it all week, but you hit, you were able to hit every single point of this movie. Like, we got into it. Yeah, we got into like all three sides of this story. This, is a, this was an incredible week. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I kind of can't wait to go back and re-listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's a shameless self-plug, but, you know, I like it. Well, thanks again for having me on. All righty. 
Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for the week. <laughs> if you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute, and you can find the rest of our shows at tooldmedia.com. Uh, you can join us, our guests, and our other listeners on the Facebook group, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.